0: Hey, little boomers! Welcome to another episode of Bucket and Boomer, or Bucketless and Boomer, or Boomer and Friends. Maybe we're going to work on a new name because we are Kyleless again. Shut up and sit down. Tonight, I do have a couple of people joining me from out in sunny San Diego. Tell everybody, uh, hi, Mike Neff.
1: Hello, Boomer. Uh, I'm not Kyle because he's missing once again. So, (laughs) yeah, it's not sunny anymore, but it was a beautiful day here. Um, Did some work uh, around the house, watched some Browns winning today. The only team, surprisingly, that actually provided me with some fun this weekend. So it was a great day.
0: Yeah, I saw your tweet earlier, and uh, yeah, we absolutely root for the same teams because we share the same misery all year long. Right. It's funny that the Browns of all the teams kind of, like, provided a little bit of fun this weekend, would have never thought that. Yeah, kind of a rough weekend. Speaking of rough weekends, we got old Zach, or Big Booner CBJ with us tonight. How you doing, Zach? Also am not Kyle.
2: (laughs) (laughs) uh it's been a long weekend man been nice been off work just kind of enjoying
0: life yeah if you want to talk about long weekends uh had a trip planned we'll talk about that later it went to hell in a handbasket decided yep, that i yep. was going to get my first illness of the year out of the way that was uh also fun but uh you yeah, can't really complain more, because you had the entire fucking week off right yeah i know i had a week off and uh had plans and They all got ruined.
1: Ah, you had a good
0: first half of the week. I did. I did nothing. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the wife was working. I was sitting at home doing nothing. Did a little Thanksgiving dinner Thursday, had the kids over, got to see the kids and uh, talk to them and uh, squeeze some hockey games in there. And then uh, Mother Nature destroyed my trip to Nashville and, uh, (laughs) Influenza decided to keep me in bed for the last day and a half. So, force, other than that, it force, was pretty exciting. Force majeure uh, fucked you over, huh? <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. But those of you wondering why we have no Kyle tonight, uh, sent Kyle a message earlier tonight, said, hey, want to get an episode out? We got a home game tomorrow, can't record. Nothing. Silence. Silence. He's, not he's, read. Just going to leave me unread. He's so on I, road, got, he's
2: I got a whole of our buddies, department. Mike
0: and Zach, here and got them to come on and uh, reached out to Kyle again. And Kyle replies back with, dude, totally forgot. Get it recorded. I'll post it. So that's so what we're going to do.
1: Here's my theory. I think Warren and Kyle are actually like having an affair together. And <laughs> every time you want to record, they just go to a hotel and bang their hearts out.
0: Well, we should have known this because uh, Warren didn't do episodes on Sundays forever. So maybe you are on to something. Right. Kyle's just treating us like my dad right now. It's
2: I'm I'm getting nom flashbacks This shit's getting scary.
1: <laughs> he went to grab cigarettes and never came back.
2: Dude, I'll tell you what. He said he was getting cigarettes. I don't know how many cigarettes come in a pack because he had two suitcases, but that motherfucker hasn't yet to come back.
0: <laughs> hey, you'll have that on the big jobs. But no, uh, one other thing I want to touch on real quick before we get started and jump into our news and notes, uh, we were supposed to have a special guest, uh, Sir Yacht, the TikToker, but uh, he decided to take a forty-eight hour trip this week. He went, to, he drove to Milwaukee to watch the Cavs play the Bucks, turned around, drove back to Columbus to watch the Buckeyes take on the team up north, wow. and then headed back up to Cleveland. To watch the Browns take on the Tampa Bay Bucks. So it was his triple buck road trip. And uh, yeah. he, he got a hold of me. He's like, dude, I'm going to be so wiped out. Can we push this back a week? So we're going to record with Sir Yacht next week and get into some of the fun things that he's doing around Cleveland in the state of Ohio to try and help raise some funds for people that need it this holiday season. So I'm looking real forward to having him on next week. And uh, we're definitely going to make that happen uh, next Monday. And if he listens to this, what a wuss. Jesus Christ, that doesn't sound
1: exhausting at all. I don't know, you never drove to Milwaukee from Ohio? <laughs> no, dude, I'm totally, dude, I'm totally kidding. That sounds like a hell of a trip, but also like a real fun trip. I mean, I'm glad that he ended it well with the Browns winning, so that's fun.
0: But holy shit, that's a lot of miles. Yeah, well, what's funny is he took the trip to Milwaukee and the Cavs ended up losing. Well, then he takes the <laughs> trip to Columbus, and we all know what happened there. Yep. So, today, people, last night and this morning, people were tweeting at him. They're like, please don't come to Cleveland. You're bad luck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they won. And, and they, they, won. they
0: did win. They pulled it out. So, we at least got one W this weekend, Neff. The least likely of the three
1: teams that Suryat saw actually won. Unbelievable. No,
0: no, no kidding. So getting into news and notes, we um, had, had another send down and call up situation with our lovely Blue Jackets. Uh, everybody's favorite, Emil Bemstrom, was kind of in roster purgatory for about six hours on Twitter. And uh turns out that he was sent back to the Cleveland Monsters. And in return, the Blue Jackets have called up Carson Meyer. So what do you think about Bimmer getting sent down and uh, Meyer getting called back up, Zach? You know, I, I've been high on
2: Bemstrom for a long time, and especially just giving you shit on it forever. I love um, the kid. I don't know why you're giving me shit. You, you do now. <laughs> but, you know, I was living in your head rent-free there for a while. But, uh, no, I mean, he didn't play bad when he was up here. He's definitely done better than a lot of people that we have on the roster currently. And it seems like a risky move to toss him back on waivers. I'm glad he cleared, and he's tearing it up in Cleveland again.
0: He actually I mean, didn't well, have so to go on
2: waivers.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, I fuck this up all the time. So the rule is, um, if you get called up, uh, well, if you if you're sent down, and you clear waivers, you don't have to clear waivers again for 30 days or if you played less than 10 games. So, both of that, of course, didn't apply to Bammer, but that was my worry as well. So,
0: right, because he was only way. officially on the Blue Jackets roster for 17 days and was only on the active game list for seven games. So, he was safe on both parts. Okay, I, I gotcha. Really Missed that all the time. So, but really, totally with you. I mean, if he had
2: gotten on waivers, I think he would have gotten claimed. It's just, you know, weird to see him getting set down, especially with the line mix that are going on like right now. Like, Brad Larson, what the fuck are you doing?
0: Yeah, not only the line mixes, but the the time on ice distribution is so out of whack right now. You really can't justify any, any decisions he's making when you're not, rolling four lines, or you just completely eliminate one line and just completely double up the time on that top line and rely on them when they're not producing at a rate that should get them double the ice time.
2: Cole Sillinger only had six minutes and four seconds of ice time in that last game playing on the fourth line. What the fuck are we doing with this development? Yeah, yeah I mean, so the, the fourth line, line is I'm now not-
0: officially the third line.
2: Right. And, and Carson Meyer
1: got called up, right? So, hey, I love Carson, and I also like Bemmer, um, But, I mean, Carson got called up. Great for him. Local kids from Powell, right? Um, had a killer camp. Um, now he gets called up, and you know what fucking Larson does? Let him play for seven minutes and 16 seconds.
0: I yeah, mean, we're talking about a kid that I honestly feel like from going and watching camp when we were allowed – to watching the preseason games, to following him all preseason. And even J.D. himself said at the open house that he did everything we asked him to do and beyond, and then they still sent him down. This kid should have never been in Cleveland to start this season. He should have been on the active roster from the get-go. But, once again, if we're only going to distribute seven to eight minutes and expect miracles – Maybe the problem's not on the ice.
1: Right. And here's my thing. Like the and that goes for Bemstrom and Meyer. Those guys have to play, right? I mean, it wasn't Bemstrom came up um and he he did well, right? He the first first game I think he didn't score
0: a point. Oh no, he had an assist right away. Second game he had a goal. Um, no, first game, first game he did not hit the score sheet. Played good, played good oh, defense. Right. Second game he had a goal and an assist.
1: And an assist, that's right. Um, and then he somehow got in the doghouse, right? And and that's just, I mean, first Torts kind of screwed him over um, with his development. Now Lars, who we thought was actually going to be better with developing kids, screws him over too. And then you call up Meyer as the replacement for the guy who's screwing
2: up, screwing up, and then you screw that guy up too. I mean, what are we doing?
0: That's
2: a and I mean, question. it's it, it's not like he was playing bad. He had what four or four points in
0: seven games. Yeah, four points in seven games, two goals, two assists. Goes back to Cleveland, scores two goals in the first four periods he plays in Cleveland.
2: And we're just giving chance after chance to veterans that are currently
0: undeserving. I agree. 100% agree. There are guys that are being force-fed minutes that are not producing at a rate that deserves force-fed minutes.
1: Absolutely. And then you – you. The big thing with Bamstrom was his confidence, right? When he got sent down in training camp to the Monsters and he tore up the AHL, he actually said, hey, I, I'm, I'm playing like I'm having fun again. I remembered that I'm a really good hockey player. Um, and, and he had fun again. And then you call him up and you fuck that up? I mean,
0: that's well, I not mean, right. Not only that, I mean, he got called up and he was on the second line and then the first line and then the third line and then the second line and then the fourth line, and then Scratched, and then the South third line. line. No consistency whatsoever with this team right now. Does that so-
1: Zach, does that sound like he was put in a position to succeed?
2: Absolutely
0: not. No. Right. So, Like I said, uh, next call-up needs to be Trent Vogelhuber. And if you don't know who that is, do a Google search real quick, and you'll find that joke really funny. <laughs>
1: that would be
2: great.
0: But uh, another thing with the call-up of Meyer, a lot of people are asking, why Meyer? Why not Marchenko? But uh, Marchenko has been battling an illness. He's been sick off and on the last week or so. So I believe that had something to do with Marchenko not getting a shot yet. But he's got to be on the short list to come up because we've now seen Bimstrom come up. We've seen Gauntz come up. We've seen Fix Wolanski come up. Now we got Meyer up. So. If we're gonna keep playing rotating players, Marchenko's gotta be next.
1: Yeah, and I mean I give I give Larson enough shit. And I know Yarmo calls the, the Kai's up, but I'm happy that Trey Fix walansky got another shot. Um Friday he played eight minutes and seven seconds. So uh, I, I don't know. Um but we I mean F- F- Fix walansky Meyer, and Marchenko, they're all right wing right and on right wing too you have olivier who i'm loving right now because the guy is so gritty and he has it feels like one scrap per per game and then when line comes back i mean yeah we're just stacked there it feels with with right-handed um guys and i just don't know a good for fix Wolanski. but if i could change that i would probably give either Meyer a few minutes or then swap fix Wolanski for Marchenko and see what that does.
0: Yeah, we're definitely Uh, a right wing heavy team. And that's not considering the fact that we did move Bjorkstrand out. Who's also a right winger to make room for some of these prospects and cap space, obviously, but this team is just loaded up and down the right side. And at eight minutes a game rotating back and forth between all four different lines, you're not going to get any consistency to where these guys can get their footing and actually produce at a high level. So at some point, they're going to have to make a call on, these are the four right wingers, let's roll four lines, or this is going to continue for the entire year. And
2: frankly, if the season's already in the shitter, please just leave Marchenko down. Keep him in the AHL all season. Don't Fuck with his rookie games played leave him down there let him develop bring him up next year
1: but you 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 raise a really good point right so i'm of the opinion that and I, i i rarely ever see it black and white but here in this instance with with all of these injuries i either say you know what embrace the fucking shit show and send all the young players to ahl and create an absolute monster with the monsters a real wagon and let them win a championship or at right. least go for a, go for a call or? Right. Or then bring all the kids up and let them play in the NHL, knowing that you're probably going to lose a lot, but that would be the case with the other solution too. So I Let's
0: just, see. I they need minutes. The kids need minutes. Right. And I'm glad you bring that point up. Cause I'm on the same, I'm on the same boat as you either play them all here or play them all in Cleveland let them get chemistry, let them get minutes, let them transform their game into the next stage. But eight minutes playing with two different people every night, you're never going to get numbers or production. There's, there's no consistency to anything they're doing with these prospects. They're being mishandled so bad that it's just going to get worse and worse and worse before it gets better. Now, With the amount of injuries we've had and the way this season has gone, you are on that border of this is a shit show and we're done or they need to pick it up in the next 10 games and try and make a push. But even in 10 games, that's probably still far too far off. So either put the kids together, let them become your NHL program, or put them together in Cleveland and let's win a Calder Cup and bring them all up next year. But uh
2: while well, while we're on prospect talk, I just want to toss in one good note. Uh the one that we have that's been referred to as Sonny Milano Jr. by you know, one specific person, uh is currently second in rookie scoring in the league. Who's that? Uh Ken Johnson. One K J and
1: you bring up a good point there again. Uh, weirdly enough, because you n- normally never do that, sack, But <laughs> the only two guys I would look at keeping up is, is KJ, and I would probably include Chinnikov there too.
0: Chinnikov offensively is starting to produce, and he's starting to be noticeable, but he's still a liability defensively. And
2: his possession yep. numbers look a lot like a center that's been scratched and needs scratched a little bit more.
0: Anyway, that's that 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 is what it is at this point. But a little bit of positive news: um, everybody's favorite junior, Jordan Demai, signed an ELC Thursday. Now I don't know what this is going to mean for the future, because as of right now, we're just completely misplaying our hand when it comes to the future. Anyway. <laughs> but he is showing out in the QMJHL and has become really, really noticeable throughout the league. So they do have him signed to an ELC with the possibility of possibly seeing him at the end of the season when uh, the junior league is over. What do you guys think about uh, Jordan Demai and his ELC? We'll start with you, Mike.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that this is one big, you're doing really well, dude. Here's your ELC. Um he didn't sign one yet, obviously. So I think they're seeing what he's doing. He's tearing up the QMJHL down there, points leader. Um, and I think this, this is just like, hey, continue what you're doing. You have a chance of playing at the end of the season when your season's over. Um he they could technically call him up right now um and play him for a few games, then send him back down. Like the max he could play is nine games. That also um, is the case at the end of his season. I don't think they will do that. They're not going to mess with what he's doing right right now down there. So I think this is a big thank you to him um, that he's on the right track. And, I mean, he deserves it. Look at his numbers. It's fantastic for him. Um, That relieves some question marks about his future for himself. And I think it's a really good thing that we signed him to the ELC. Let's just hope uh, he can continue doing what he's doing.
0: Yeah, but another interesting fact, he's another right winger. Mm. <laughs> what, what do you think about Demay, Zach? Um, yeah, like Mike said,
2: it's pretty much just a nod to you're doing a great job. And he wasn't the only one that signed his ELC that day. Uh, Denton Matejak also got the chance to do that. Oh, I missed oh, wait, that, ne- never mind. that was Oh, never mind. I was looking at the wrong date. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's a chance that we touch him this year. Uh, like, first of all, the level of competition between the NHL and the QMJHL is insane. Um, but there's a chance that we'll see him next year. I don't know if he's old enough to be able to play in the AHL next year or not. Nope, but uh, Wait. no, okay, no, he's 18, so. Um, if
1: if he really is doing a great job in camp, then the decision will be either they keep him up with the NHL or they have to send him back to juniors because the, the CHL contract is so fucked up that if a guy has not played four seasons in the CHL or is not 20 years of age, then they cannot play um, minors. They have to go back to juniors or stick with the big club. So, it's going to be really interesting to see what, what, what that's going to look like.
2: So, Seattle's having the same issues with Shane Wright right now. Yeah. yeah they found a loophole finally.
1: Well, for yeah. five games, and then he has to go back.
2: So. But, yeah, it's just a nod to how he's doing um, and kind of just instills more confidence in him that this is where you're headed. Yeah. And, and back to Boomer's point about another right wing here. Hey, that that's a good
1: thing, right? I mean, if we're so stacked and if normally like those prospects, not all of them come through, but if a few of them come through, then we have some trade, um, some trade assets to work with. So it's an overall good thing. And a hey, competition is never a bad thing.
0: Right. Absolutely. Competition is what makes you better. So, looking at the uh, current roster this week, uh, came out yesterday or this morning that uh, old Johnny Hockey missed practice today because now he's battling an illness. So we'll be pretty be pretty interesting to see what happens tomorrow morning. We'll know more as to uh, whether he's probably going to suit up or not or suit up or not. But uh, Elvis Lincolns took to the ice and skated with the team today for the first time since his injury. And then Patrick Laine was seen skating after practice was over. So he's on the ice, but not back with his team. So, uh, what do you think this week looks like if we're missing Johnny and Laine getting closer to coming back? I mean, no Johnny hockey at home is going to be rough because he scores all of his goals at home. But, uh. Line A getting closer and Elvis getting closer. So who do you think is the most important one to come back first, Zach? Um, I mean, just general puck movement, it's got to be Goodreau.
2: Uh And at the point that Kyle was making last week to where, you know, if they're looking to feed Line A that puck too much, it kind of just throws off the entire rhythm of our offense. Um, And... Goudreau's been a massive playmaker so far in the season. Granted, he's not putting up the numbers he did last year, but nobody expected him to.
0: Not true. We all expected him to, but we just found out real quick that it wasn't going to (laughs) happen. But, yeah, um,
1: I mean, I, I completely agree with the line, a thing. Like there's, there's this middle ground, right? how many games are you trying to put Line a when he's back on the same line uh, with Goodrow to see if they can find some chemistry? Uh, because they really haven't had a chance to do that with Line a getting injured in the first game and then uh, getting injured a few games after he came back too. So, uh, hey, if it works with those two on the same line, then great. But if not, if if what Kyle and, and, and Booner just said um, – really is an issue with hey they're looking for linena too much and hindering other playmaking uh, with that then separate them right but hey if if I'm looking at those three Johnny Elvis and linee Johnny of course he's the most important one oh,
0: absolutely then
1: second one line A, and third Elvis because we got Corpy, so we didn't don't really need Elvis all good
0: yeah I mean Corpy and terasov have not been awful since Elvis went down. But uh, one good thing, if line A does get back and Johnny is healthy, they'll get a chance to prove it because they'll be on the first line and they'll be playing defensive minutes of like 24 to 26 minutes a game because that's how we rotate lines now. Line one, line two, line one, line three, line one, line two, line one, line three, line four, line the playing, one.
1: They're playing minutes like defensemen. It's crazy. Um, but I want to. I also want to say, hey, Elvis being back would profit um or would benefit i should say tarasov because the same thing especially with a goalie he could go back and play heavy minutes with with uh with the monsters um and that would be good for his development right it's not great for him to sit on the bench um corby is doing a good job but it's not great for tarasov to just sit there and
0: rot yeah because up in cleveland i mean cleveland's kind of doing the same thing we've been doing they're giving up 40-plus shots a game. So you want to get development as a goalie. Cleveland's the place to do it because you're going to see 40 to 50 shots a night. <laughs> yep. So yep. I think that will take us out of our news and notes segment. Let's go on to the week that was. And uh, this week we had three games scheduled. We managed to play two of them. Uh, the first one, Wednesday night, was a 3-1 loss to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, 0-0 after one. Zero zero after two periods. But at the end of that second period, Good Branson got in his first fight as a blue jacket. And it was amazing. <laughs> he was. just ragdogged Michael Pazada, Like knocked him down, picked him back up and hit him two more times before they could break it up. It was the, the the Eric Goodbranson we've all been waiting to see. What kind of spark did that give you guys? We'll start with you, Mike.
1: I mean that was that was really good. Uh, as you say, um, that was something that I'd been kind of waiting for. Um, I think he's finding his own a little bit. Goodbranson is, but oh my God, that that. That fight was unfair. That looked like a heavyweight with a flyweight. That was just, <laughs> uh, that was fun to watch. And I I mean, I was like, honestly, in my brain, I went like, "Fuck, fucking finally. That, that's what <laughs> I thought. Um, and it was just beautiful to watch. And as I said, I think uh, good Branson here is um, coming more and more into his own. And um, Truck is finding his way.
0: Yeah, that fight was right in front of us on our end of the ice, and I literally said the word finally when it was over. (laughs) Yeah. So what would you think of that fight, Zach? I mean, it's exactly what we brought him in for.
2: I don't think Pizzetta even landed a single shot. He just absolutely beat the brakes off
0: him. Yeah, I don't Um, think he did get one in. I mean, there were two or three shots, and he caught him with an uppercut on either the second or third shot. Pazada was done, tried to go down. Branson literally picked him back up with one hand and hit him two more times.
2: <laughs> yeah, after that second shot, he was off his skates, and good Branson is holding him in the air.
0: Yeah, which, Beautiful. unfortunately, that was pretty much the highlight of our night because going into the third period, Matteo Olivier got his second goal of the season on an unassisted goal. 68 seconds into the third period which means they went into the locker room after that fight and they had a little fire lit under them. They come back out, get on the scoreboard. Well, 90 seconds later, I can't even pronounce his name. If you want to try, Mike, I'm just going to call him Wi-Fi.
1: <laughs> Arbert Sekai.
0: Yeah. yeah, Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi <laughs> scores 90 seconds after the Olivier goal to tie it up. And then 57 seconds later, David Savard scores on his first goal of the year, which would end up being the game winner. And one CBJ fan may have cheered when Savard scored out of habit, and huh. that was, said, CBJ was fan was was me. That's my dude. I can't help it. When he scored, I was I was happy. It was his first goal of the year. I just forgot that he wasn't on my team no more.
1: Yeah, I mean you're a big Savard fan, so that's that's totally legit. It's just funny to me that you say out of hat it because what has he scored like three goals when he was with G- CPJ?
0: <laughs> I, all, all I know is he yeah. won me a pizza from Papa John's during that Tampa game. But hey, see,
2: I
1: go ahead, Zach.
2: Oh, see, I heard from sources that you left that arena with a frown and wet pants.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, I think that's probably confirmed by now. Can confirm, yeah, that happened.
2: But then uh,
0: later on, towards the end of the game, uh, Sean Moynihan hit a empty netter, giving the Canadians a three-one win over our beloved Blue Jackets. Uh, shots on goal that game twenty-nine to thirty-one in favor of the CBJ. So we actually kept the shots under forty for a change, which was nice. Even under thirty, great, yeah, right? Thirty-one. Yeah. Or yeah, we kept them to twenty-nine. Yeah. Right. But uh, both teams had three shots at a power play. Both teams were 0 for 3. So the power play that has been heating up cooled back off that night.
1: And let's let's be honest here that the Canadians are not a great team. I mean, yeah, they have some talent, but we have some talent too. I think we're timeline-wise probably around the same. Um, Arbor, Harbour, Czech guy Wi-Fi, I think that kid's going to be a really good player too. Um, But, I mean, they're not a good team. They're not. The no, good they, team, they, they
0: got that line with Suzuki and Caulfield, and that's about it.
1: Right. I mean, Monahan is, is pretty old by now. I think he's probably three
0: or four C here there. Um, their defense not- is so thin that uh, Savard is on their top pair. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, love the dude, but he's not a top pair defender. No, uh, they they live off of Marty
1: Luis here, um, coaching them. Probably like Torts normally does above what they're actually are talent wise. So that was disappointing, of course, especially for you guys being there going into Thanksgiving week weekend. So hey, just yeah, uh usually young- that Wednesday
0: before Thanksgiving's a big night out. Usually you run into Jody Shelley and Dave Metzl, The the whole crew comes out. Right. Didn't see everybody this year because, you know, we didn't win. Usually you win that game, they all come out. You don't win, they don't all come out.
1: Right. So the only positive was really we kept them under 30 shots on goal.
0: Yeah,
2: and we actually led the game in shots on goal. I mean, if you watch the news, I'm pretty sure Columbus
0: has outshot the Blue Jackets this year. And we had the lead for a whopping 90 seconds.
1: No, it isn't that – isn't it funny how that happens? Like it, it seems to be a theme too. Like whenever we got a lead, we piss it away immediately.
0: You know, it's funny because we talked about it a couple weeks ago because we played uh I think it was the Islanders was also zero zero after two. And we were just talking about it was either the Islanders or the Flyers. I can't remember, but we we're talking about how it was just a boring game. Well, this was not a boring zero zero after two game. It was back and forth. There was a lot of a lot of hitting, a lot of a lot of hockey just both goaltenders played really good for two periods.
1: Yeah. And I think so, the game you're thinking of was actually the Friday game versus the Islanders, because that I think, first, yeah. that was really fucking boring.
0: Yeah. That was, ugh, ugh. So well, speaking after of that, talking about
2: oh, good, ahead. go ahead. I was going to say, after talking about that shit show, you want to go ahead and get on to the next disappointment.
0: Yep. So I was just getting ready to say, speaking of the Islanders on Friday, um, Walk away with a 3-2 loss to the Islanders. Uh, New York was up 1-0 after 1. Wallstrom scored a goal. It was 2-2 after 2. Uh, Pajot put the Islanders up 2-0. And then Olivier got into a fight with Anders Lee after a big hit on Andrew Peek. Um, Olivier was interviewed after the game. He said he didn't go after him because he thought he did anything wrong but he felt like it was the right time. They were down 2 nothing. Big hit just happened. It was time to get a spark. Uh, the only thing unfortunate on that was because he went in way too fast, way too quick, he did pick up a roughing as well. Kent Johnson served it while him and Lee went to the box for five minutes, but the best part of that fight, we'll talk about, we'll, we'll talk about that for a minute. Did you see it was either the first or second punch? Olivier caved in Anders Lee's face shield. Yeah, I
1: didn't actually see that he caved in the face shield. Is that a thing, like full on?
0: Yes, like it folded in and was pushing on his cheek. He hit him in the face shield and just bent it the wrong way.
1: Yeah, I mean, f- first of all, I want to say that's exactly what we got him for, right? I mean, so the hit on peak the hit on peak was hard, but it was not dirty at all. Not No, it was clean. All. Yeah, and then having the wherewithal of 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 Matthew Olivier to just okay this is a chance we're down to nothing let's make something happen fighting their captain which by the way got to give a shout out to Anders Lee too like he doesn't have to fight as the captain right but he he got in there they dropped the gloves and it was a good tale till yeah
0: that was that was fun I don't know I wouldn't say there was a winner in that one cuz they both just beat the crap out of each other yeah They both landed half a dozen good shots on each other.
1: Olivier lost his helmet, and it
0: was just fun. I mean, that that was good. Yeah, Lee couldn't lose his helmet because it was stuck to his face.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Olivier's just been fun to watch in general this season. It looks like we put Buster Douglas on skates. (laughs) Seriously.
1: And it's good because, I mean, he kind of was stuck um, in a role that didn't really fit him in Nashville. And now he's in a role where he seems to be more comfortable um, game after game. And, I mean, it's it's as you say, Zach, it's fucking fun
0: to watch him. Yes. But what's amazing is that put a spark in this team for about 15 minutes. Yeah. And yeah. then Adam Pellick yeah. slashed Boone Jenner. And while they were still on the delayed penalty, Cal Clutterbuck picked up an interference call on Andrew Peak, giving us a five-on-three power play which is one thing you have to capitalize on. You Five on three, two-man advantage you have to capitalize on. And at the very beginning, I mean, it was what, maybe 30 seconds into the power play, Chinnikov scores, makes it 2-1. So now we go back out and we're on a five-on-four man advantage power play, and KJ gets his fifth of the goal 33 seconds later. We tie the game up 2-2 with two power play goals. That, that period, that second period ended on such a high note. It was so exciting. The, the arena was into it. The fans were into it. I mean, intermission was a blast after everything that had just happened. Um, what do you guys think of the momentum shift, the Olivier fight leading to the two power play goals? We'll go with you, Mike.
1: Yeah, that's exactly why he did it. That's that's what he had hoped to achieve with that. So, And he got it. I mean, that's exactly what he wanted and then the team reacted i mean a little bit lucky to be honest that we got that 5 on 3 um but i mean first of all they got the spark and then they did what they needed to do i was going to be happy with one goal um in the in, in the two man advantage and then they score on the 5 on 4 too. so that was it was really really good and then honestly like when stuff like that happens and you go into the second intermission on a high note like that. Unfortunately, because we've seen this game, uh, this team too much, my immediate reaction was like, okay, which team are we going to get in the third? Um, but, hey, Olivier's reaction, and, and that, that was fantastic.
0: Yeah, what'd you think about it, Zach?
2: I mean, it just goes back to what we were talking about. It's It's been fun to watch in general. Uh, it completely changes the team's momentum for about 10 minutes, and then it seems like we fall apart again. But, uh, yeah, I think
0: the worst thing that could have happened that game was intermission. Yeah. They were on such a high, and then like when they came back out from intermission, like Mike said, which team are we getting? Well, we didn't get the one that finished the second period.
2: And this season's more for the fans' enjoyment of getting to watch the small things. Like we were talking about in the smoking section the other day, how long has it been since you've seen a fight off of a face-off from this franchise, and Olivier's had two of them this season.
0: Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. Well, so
2: you're absolutely
1: right, the small things, right?
0: Yep. Well, as we were saying, we came back from the third period, or the second intermission, started. the third period. Uh, what, six minutes and ten seconds in, Brock Nelson scores what will end up being the game-winner and then 13 minutes and 50 seconds of just skating in circles and not getting shots on net. Uh, Jackets end up falling three to two shots on goal. This game were 24 to 26 in favor of the Jackets, which not a lot of shot on goals for a professional hockey game, but so much other stuff happened that it was a fun game other than the outcome. Uh, The Islanders went one for four on their power play, and we ended up two for four on our power play. So, The power play is hit or miss right now, and it's still a lot better than it was beginning of the season. And uh, they're definitely taking some steps forward. Uh, What do you guys think about the new and improved power play, Zach? I mean, we went two for seven in this past week, and
2: the last one or the two came off that five on three into a five on four. So I I don't know. Our power play has been a bunch of the same the past five, six years. Uh, Last year it got kind of hot, but it's. It's just same old shit.
0: Yeah, but we would have killed for one and seven at the beginning of this season, and two <laughs> for seven this week's not that bad from what we had been doing. Yeah, yeah we. I mean,
2: oh, just against the Islanders, we had a half chub pee So, <laughs> and we're not last in the league anymore. We gave that
1: honor to uh, the Coyotes. Can you believe it? I mean. <laughs> I, I just want to mention, again, we we had more shots on goal than the opponent, and we limited them to um, under 30 shots on goal. Sorokin is a beast. I mean, that he just shot out the Oilers a couple nights before that game. He's an absolute beast. So I can't be mad about that game, to be honest. They were in it, and the Islanders are really in good shape right now. Um, but hey, the power play—I'll take whatever we can. Uh, we were at six percent once this this season, so we're hovering around fourteen, I think, now.
0: Oh, we were at zero percent till we went to Finland.
2: Right, that's true. And then uh, even their locker room was yeah. making fun of us. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, I'll tell you, though, one good thing about this week, I mean, 3-2, three, 3-1, three, yes, they're both L's, but it did not feel like 7-1 at New Jersey. It right. did not feel like giving up five unanswered to Pittsburgh. So you were able to sit there for the full 60 minutes and not be completely pissed off the entire whole game. So and A lot of it
1: has to do with them limiting the shots of their opponent, right?
0: Yes, because this week we're talking two games and we gave up, what, 24 and 29, so less than 60 shots. We're talking, what, 53 shots in two games, which didn't we give up – we gave up 53 shots on going one game earlier this season. Exactly. Against yeah. Florida, yeah. Yeah, so it's definitely stuff starting to click a little bit. They just haven't fine-tuned it enough. And I still think there's systematic errors that once they get everything ironed out, until we roll four lines, until we have some healthy bodies, until our defense gets back, I mean, we're missing half our damn starting defensive roster from game one. We've got so many people up and down. we got, what, eight people on IR still? Yeah. There's a lot of excuses, a lot of reasons, and these are the reasons why Brad Larson's job is not in jeopardy but I still think he needs to answer some of the questions like we talked about before. We're not rolling four lines. He's not trusting the players that they're bringing up, and the the ice time distribution is still ridiculous, and it was the same way in the Montreal game. The Montreal game, the time on ice was ridiculous, the way it was distributed. It was a lot better in the Islander game, which was a 3-2 to game and close the entire bout. So it seems like when he does make those decisions to not roll four or to just bench one line, that's when the games get out of control. Right, because it's not like lines one or two score like
1: abundantly much, right? I mean, we don't get a lot of goals recently, so there's really no reason to not try it. Try to get some chemistry, roll four lines, see what happens, because how are, how else are you going to find out if you can trust the kids or those lines in pressure situations? That's my biggest grief with all of this. Like, how the fuck are you supposed to find out if you can really trust them if you don't give him a chance to actually prove it?
0: Yeah, I agree 100%. I think until that consistency is a steady feature on this team, it's going to be a roller coaster all year. As he shortens the bench, the games will get out of control. As he doesn't shorten the bench, we'll have closer games. I mean, I still see more L's than W's in our near future, but 3-2 games are a lot more enjoyable than 6-1, 7-1. One, one. And I, I, I agree, and I just I just
1: miss a direction because great leaders, they just, they know what they want to do with the team, and even if it, if it costs them some games, they will stick to that plan because they believe in it, and they will make it work this way, and he just he's way too torch like he shortens benches. he's reactive instead of letting his game plan play out and that's why i'm not a big fan right now of him but you're absolutely right right. he's not gonna get the shit can he's he's not gonna get canned right now because he's got one more year
0: after this i mean and for everything we were told that he is not torts he's the opposite of torts he's not torts he's a different coach he's not torts seeing a lot of tortorella tendencies
2: He's getting these. And not the good ones. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's none of the good shit. It's not the leadership qualities. It's not the defensive systems. It's not the shot blocking. It's not changing things during intermission. He's just shortening the bench, making things worse on ice. And then there's nothing coming out of these teams coming
0: out of breaks. I yep. not agree with that more. Absolutely. Me either. Well said. So, well, then we had a game Saturday. Oh. No, no, we didn't have a game Saturday. (laughs) For those of you that don't know, Little Boomer was scheduled to drive to Nashville Saturday to watch our beloved Blue Jackets take on the Predators at Bridgestone Arena. At 6.10 in the morning, a water main broke outside of Bridgestone Arena on the city side, not the uh, arena side, so it was a city issue. Um there have been reports of anywhere from three inches to three feet of water in the arena. And if it was three feet from people I've talked to and dig, and I've done like everything on the ice would be contaminated. Like they're going to have to completely drain the ice, melt it, drain it and start over from scratch. So, Yeah, that was fun. That's what I woke up to Friday morning, a text message from our our own Zach here saying, hey, you still going to Nashville? I'm like, "Hell yeah, I'm going to Nashville. Why? What happened? Oh, you haven't seen? Well, then I saw. So the events kind of went like this. Water main breaks at 6 a.m. Immediately, the Predators and Avalanche game is canceled because they were supposed to play Friday night, or Friday afternoon. Friday night, there was, a, I believe, a college game supposed to be there. They moved it to another location. And they had actually came out and said that they were planning on having everything fixed and cleaned up, that they were going to go ahead and practice Friday, and that they planned on playing the Blue Jackets as scheduled. Well, at 4.06, they came out and finally announced that the blue jackets game had been postponed Hmm. for those of you that don't know four oh six local time is three oh six in nashville check-in times at your hotel are three o'clock anything after three o'clock you cannot cancel because you're inside the 24-hour window so myself i was screwed couldn't cancel my hotel you know my tickets they'll be good for the rescheduled game or whatever or I can get my money back if I can't make it. But I'm just out the hotel cost. Called the hotel. Told them, you know, with the events that happened, you know, is it still possible to cancel this reservation? Oh, no, no. You're inside the 24-hour window. Like, great. So, talk to the missus. We decide, you know what? Fuck it. It's Nashville. We're going to Nashville anyway. We're just right. going to go. We're going to make the best of a shitty situation. We're going to go to Nashville. So I wake up the next morning after, you know, after I go to the Islanders game, go home, skip our bar, go straight to bed, wake up 5 o'clock in the morning, we're going to head to Nashville. I wake up with a 101.1 fever.
1: Who gave you the Rona?
0: No. <laughs> I don't know what I got. Whatever it was, it only lasted about a day. I'm feeling much better now. Shannon took his temp It's confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> and and she took it rectally and then orally man my my breath is shitty uh but anyway i i so i take some medicine you know i'm like i gotta knock this so we can still make the trip you know so i take some medicine i lay back down i wake back up about nine nine thirty, and i'm still running 100.8 i'm like this is ridiculous i don't know what the hell i'm gonna do so i called the hotel and i told them you know Hey, we tried to cancel yesterday. You know, I'm running a fever up over a hundred. Shouldn't be traveling in this. You know, in this situation, I shouldn't be allowed to check into your hotel with all the health and safety measures. Everything's everybody's taken. Guy says, "Nope, you're within the 24 hour window. Nothing we can do. Can't change it. Can't cancel it. Nothing we can do." So I'm like, no. "Screw it." At this point, no. I decided we're no. not no. going. To mess. Don't
1: you love some flexibility on, on part of the hotel?
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, I'll never use this chain again, ever. Right. So I'm like, screw it. I told Shane, I'm like, we're we're not going. I can't go. I can't drive in this condition. I I need to sleep. I need to take medicine. I got to knock whatever this is so I can go back to work. Dude, I'm watching a high state mission game on TV. We're in the first quarter. The hotel calls me hey, this is so-and-so from the Nashville downtown, da, 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 da what time do you think you'll be arriving? I'm like, these sons of bitches want to rent my room out. They want to rent my room, they won't let me cancel, but they're trying to get me to tell them I'm not coming. So I tell them, well, we're going to face watching this football game, we're six hours away, we should be there around midnight. He's like, oh, that's a little late. I'm like, well, according to the rules, I can't check in till 3 p.m. And you have to hold my room until 7 a.m. I said, we'll be there before 7 a.m. He's like, all right, we'll we'll see you when you get here. So I'm like, (laughs) hang up. Like, I'm not letting them rent my room. They're going to charge me 500 bucks for this room. I'm not letting them re-rent it. So me and the missus, were talking. She's like, what are we going to do? I'm like, well, we're out 500 bucks. You know, I can get the money back on the tickets. It, It is what it is. We're out 500 bucks. We'll just have to deal with it. I ain't happy kind of bullshit because I also found out during this process when the league canceled the game at 4.06 through a contact I have I found out that the Blue Jackets canceled their hotel at 2 o'clock local time mm. meaning I had two hours if they would have announced it right then and there that I could have canceled all this shit and it wouldn't have mattered so they knew they weren't going but nobody else knew until 4.06 hmm. which I find a little shitty for anybody that was making that trip. But anyway, yeah. long story short, I get a call about 530 in the afternoon. I'm still, I'm I'm locked in my man cave. I'm staying away from everybody, trying not to pass whatever I got on. And I get a phone call from the hotel again. I'm like, what the hell do these guys want? So I just let it go to voicemail. As far as they know, I'm driving. So I can't answer the phone. Guy tells me. I'm calling to let you know that your reservation has been canceled because your credit card has been declined. I'm like, how in the hell has my credit card been declined? So I started doing a little investigating. I go and I look. My credit card is through a credit union. My credit union bought out my old credit union earlier this year. Well, October 1st, The new credit union took complete control, issued new credit cards with new numbers and everything. So the credit card that I actually made the reservation with doesn't exist anymore. So somehow I got out of paying this $500 because of my credit union switching this year. My wife, she goes, how in the hell does this shit happen to you? You are the luckiest son of a bitch alive i'm not gonna argue it i'm just gonna ride the wave you're married to her so of course you are right I, exactly <laughs> i'm like you you can't make this shit up i mean i was so pissed off when they canceled it at four six i was mad because i knew i was screwed at that point point. and then when i found out that the blue jackets had already canceled at two o'clock but nobody told anybody anything i went from mad to furious And then arguing with the hotel company, I was just, I was completely fed up. And I'll tell you right now, this was a choice hotel. Choice is your comfort ends, your quality ends, your comfort suites. It was a choice hotel, which I will never, ever use again because of this crap. But somehow, lucky ass little boomer gets out scot-free.
1: It's so funny that you just like went ballistic uh, and you're like so furious about it and then it all resolved itself. <laughs> I know.
0: I, it's um, it's amazing. But I mean, honestly, though, the, the lack of communication from the league and the teams, I mean, I understand. Don't get me wrong. I understand shit happens. I work in a field where when shit happens, I make lots of money because I understand shit happens. But, dude, they released a video at 6.10 in the morning, and then they did not give another update until 4.06. You can't tell me somewhere between 6 a.m. and 4 o'clock you didn't know nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean, I've went back and I've checked all their social media feeds and everything. There was zero update from the NHL, from the Predators, from the Blue Jackets. No communication with nobody about anything.
2: Hell, I was the one that told you about the water main break.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't even know because I actually, I'd got up and, uh well, I did Thanksgiving at my house Thursday and uh, bought my own bottle of LaCroix 43 and heavy cream and decided to just drink mini beers all day. <laughs> so I slept really good Thursday. <laughs> and uh, I got up and the missus wanted to go Black Friday shopping. So Zach gets a hold of me. I'm actually standing in line at Victoria's Secrets with my wife. And I'm like, I gotta go outside. I can't get a signal in here. So I got outside call you. That's how I found out. I hopped on Twitter. Was like, son of a bitch. Which my but buddy Steve, right. he got stuck. He was already he was an hour outside of Nashville when it broke. So he got there oh. like eight o'clock in the morning. He was stuck. He ended up taking the trip and not getting to attend any of that. He did walk by Bridgestone Arena two or three different times, take pictures of him flipping it off.
1: Wow. Uh, did he end up going to the Bengals game?
0: I don't know if he did or not, to be honest with you. I, I do not know. He would looked at trying to exchange his tickets for Bengals tickets. But me and him, like you, are all Browns fans. So going to a Bengals-Titans game really doesn't do much for us. Right. Go go Titans. On the bright side, if you buy our calendar
2: this year, you might get to see Boomer and his new Victoria's Secret, buy one, get one g <laughs> strings. <laughs> I was um, about to ask, like, who are you at Victoria's Secret for? Your
1: wife or yourself? No comment.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if it's no for her, com- it's for him. Pegging the boomer. <laughs> All
0: I know is we walked out of there. I was outside talking to you and Steve trying to figure out what the hell was going on. By the time I got back in, I was handed three bags of shit. So I got stuck carrying three bags of that crap around. And then the missus is like, can we go to Tiffany's? And and now we, now we know the real reason why your credit
2: card was
1: actually declined.
2: That <laughs> so surprised me. Did they make you buy it when you came out of the dressing room and the G-Strings had shit stains?
0: No, nah, they made me buy them as soon as I started plucking tags. And I'm a little offended that they don't have the plus size in stock. So if I want to order something, I have to order it from the website. That's why Tom Brady is divorcing Giselle. Is that what it is? Because I go to Victoria's Secrets?
2: <laughs> He's your biggest supporter <clears throat> <laughs> You've seen the way he kissed Bill Belichick on the mouth. He's
0: coming for a little boomer. Anyway, that was just – that whole national thing was just a fiasco and poorly handled. The, the communication was so poorly handled. I, I don't – whoever is in charge of that should get a nice slap on the wrist. That was ridiculous. The The way they just kept everybody in the dark. I mean, if it was as bad as I'm hearing, there's no way we could have played. And there's a good chance they're going to, to cancel their next game against Anaheim too. So why not just come out and say it? All oh, because then that'll screw up the tourism. Yeah. No, that's, it's, it's not, I mean,
1: you know that it's, what is it? A six, seven hour drive. You know that there's going to be a bunch of Blue Jackets fans, especially on a long weekend that are going to make that drive. So, I mean, come on, like be a little bit more open. and, and Right. Because like I told myself, I don't want to
0: cancel. I just want to move it to the makeup date. I just don't know what the makeup date is yet. So I have every intention. If they put this game rescheduled on a weekend, I'm still going to go. But I'm going to have to find a different hotel because I ain't going to stay at this one now the way they just absolutely were not willing to work with me on anything. Yeah. It's ridiculous. They heard you were a fun guy
2: and thought you were a mushroom, so they kept you in the dark and fed you bullshit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just happy you didn't end up on a pizza.
0: Yeah. It could have been worse. I mean... Luckily for me, it all worked out in the end. I don't know how, but like I said, I'm just going to ride that wave until it crashes. I'm usually a pretty lucky guy, and somehow shit like this works out for me. I've been told for years, you know, my my dad used to tell me all the time. I could fall in an outhouse and come out smelling like shit. You'd fall in an outhouse and find a gold watch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) See, the only thing my dad ever told me was that he's disappointed in me, so good for you.
2: See Neff, my dad left me with some words. He said, uh,
0: <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's about it.
0: Those, those <laughs> are words. Those are words. <laughs> that's funny. All right, let's get off of this freaking Nashville fiasco and uh let's take a look a at the week ahead. Just, it all works out. Yeah. The week ahead looks like tomorrow or today if you're listening to this on Monday. We will be hosting the Las Vegas Golden Knights. And then we are off until Friday, and the team is going to take a trip to Winnipeg to play uh, Pierre Luc Dubois and the Winnipeg Jets. And then they'll come back home Sunday to play the Detroit Red Wings. And a little rumor is that the Spit and Chicklet Boys are going to be at the R Bar that Sunday. Woo! How forward are you looking to that, Zach?
2: Uh, It's definitely going to be fun. Uh, It really increases fan exposure. Um, It's just nothing but good for us. And hopefully we get a chance to fucking party with them.
0: Yeah, that is the plan. I talked to uh, one of the bartenders at our bar, and he said that Whitney, Bizanek, and Grinelli, all three will be there. He doesn't know about RA. But if those three are coming, I can almost guarantee you RA is coming as well. Yeah. But that's a six o'clock start on Sunday, not a seven. It's a six, so I plan on being at the R Bar at like noon, one o'clock. Just gonna Did be a whole Monday? lot of. He said, "Did I take my <laughs> No, I burned all my vacation this week for my Nashville trip.
2: Right, right. So,
1: uh, do you have another PTO left over? Because Monday is not gonna be fun.
0: No, but I my schedule's pretty adaptable. As long as I get the work done, they leave me alone. They don't care if I start at seven a.m. or twelve p.m. Right, As long as I get oh, it yeah. done, it gets done. I wish I could
1: fly in for that
0: one. That's going to be good. We also have some
1: bones to pick with Detroit because last time they got they pummeled us six one, right? So
0: yeah, they something did.
1: To make up for that, and then Whitney Biz and and Grinelli, that's going to be
0: a lot of fun. Arbor's going to be packed. So yeah, you're right. Get there early. Um this week this week's probably gonna be miserable because Vegas is one of the hottest teams in the league this year to start. Oh yeah. So I expect a pummel on Monday. And then and going then, to Winnipeg. Winnipeg's actually caught fire a little bit too. They just kicked the shit out of Chicago tonight. Oh yeah. Oh
1: yeah. They're, they're and then we know what
0: Detroit already did to us, so the highlight of the week's gonna be if I can drink some pink Whitney with Ryan Whitney. Yeah,
1: I mean Honestly, Vegas, not a lot of expectations. Then whoever did the schedule, piece of fucking shit. That's another really weird schedule, right? So we play Monday, then we don't play until Friday. So we could technically drive to Winnipeg, but then we have one day off in between coming back from Winnipeg. And and then
0: you shit. start and then you start a six o'clock game instead yeah. of seven o'clock game. Yeah. So so just
1: to. Uh, what a wanker! Whoever, whoever came up with this year's uh, schedule,
0: but at I least think the Winnipeg game's an eight o'clock start instead of a ten thirty.
1: Right, at least. So that's what a fantastic dude. <laughs>
0: yeah, but I, know, hey, I bitched I think about the schedule this year. This I bitched about it several times. I they literally just threw darts at a fucking calendar, man. It's ridiculous the way the schedule's set up this year.
1: I, th- I think I don't have a lot of um, expectations for this week, so I'm, normally when that happens, we're probably gonna get um, surprised, but I, I do think that the biggest thing to look forward to is uh, today in a week um, when the spit and chicklets guys come to Arbor. Ma- make it rock. I wish I could fly in.
0: Yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. I plan on uh, not driving home.
1: <laughs> that's, a good, that's
0: a good, good, good plan. <laughs> make make the missus drive her car that Sunday. Right. So, But after, after we get to spend Sunday with the Chicklets, uh, then uh, our Sir Yacht interview is rescheduled for Monday. So I will sit down with Sir Yacht and go over some stuff with him, and we'll include that in next week's episode. So there's something to look forward to. If we do manage to pull off three miserable L's this week, at least we get to hang out with the Chicklets boys, and then I get to talk to Sir Yacht. So good for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, while I'm stuck in city uh,
0: San Diego here. <laughs> yeah, poor Mikey stuck in San Diego. <laughs> oh, anyway, let's do our up on the farm update. Uh, some of our junior players that we like to look at each week. Uh, we'll do our Jordan DeMay update. Jordan DeMay with the Halifax Mooseheads now has played 24 games, has 19 goals, and 35 assists. That's good for 54 points and a plus 20 rating. Is that good? That from what I understand that's really good. Okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah. And then another one, the name that you've probably heard but we haven't talked about a lot, Stanislav Fozel plays with the Regina Pats. He's played 21 games, has four goals, 20 assists and 24 points with a plus 7 rating. He was named the CHL third star of the week this week. A uh, funny fact is all three stars this week came off of that Regina Pats team. It was, uh, Sposal was the third, Bernard was the second. I don't remember who the first was, but all three of them were off of that team. So they've been on fire. Mm. And then another name that you may have heard from Traverse City, James Malatesta. He was the kid that was playing with uh, Marchenko and Johnson on that first line. Uh, him and Puthia kind of split time there. But he plays for the Quebec Ramparts, and in 23 games, he now has 19 goals, 11 assists, good for 30 points and a plus 15 rating. So if you look at the QMJHL right now, your points leader in the entire league is Jordan Demay with 54 points. Your assist leader is Jordan Demay with 35 assists. But your goal leader, there's two guys tied at 20, and then Jordan Demay James Malatesta and another guy are tied for third with 19 goals. So he is shooting up those points ladders here recently. Quebec belongs to the
1: CBJ pros- prospects, huh? Yeah. Before.
0: yeah. They uh, these guys, the, I mean, they're killing it in juniors. I mean, Demay, or not Demay, uh, Denton Matejczyk, he's also another one that we've been keeping an eye on. Him and uh, Luca Del Bell Belous. Yep. But I felt, you know, Jordan DeMay with what he's doing, you're always going to look at him. But seeing what Sposal and Malatesta did this week, they're they're both really starting to impress too. So, like we've said, the future's bright. If half these guys, if a third of these guys pan out, we have so many hot prospects right now that if a third of them pan out, this roster can look completely different in three years.
1: Just gives you that warm and fuzzy feeling, right? Because I don't think in in our 22-year history we've ever had this, not even close to this. So that's, not, that's at, really... not at
0: this level. Usually, there's one or two or three that they're talking about, but not like deep, we have right? we have a dozen prospects that are right. producing in different leagues across juniors and college.
1: Yeah, and then we we didn't even talk about the guys uh, uh, with with the monsters yet. So I mean that adds another level. Um, as you say hey they have to come through it has to translate right so you never know it. the prospects of course but this is so so deep, such a good good foundation for our future that this it's just fun I mean this is never been seen, seen before um, I also want to be cautious and not hype them up too much um, but I mean hey it's a lot of fun and I think we're in um uncharted territory here a little bit for CBJ.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with a lot of what we've been seeing on ice this year, to to have something to hope for, to have that little glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel. I don't care if we hype them up too much or not, because the future's bright. And not all these guys are gonna play here. I mean, you've seen our name mentioned in several different trades, you know, Horvat, Chikrin, just different players across the league. We're always linked to being interested, but everybody always says the same thing. Oh, this guy's untouchable. That guy's untouchable. This guy's untouchable. That guy's untouchable with this deep of prospect pools. We have, is anybody really untouchable? Yeah. I mean, there's probably a couple names, right? KJ
1: comes to mind. Sillinger comes to mind. Eerie Jack comes to mind, but beyond that, probably not um still i i'm maybe chicken if they're finally lowering their price i'm just not sold on horvat because i don't think he's a true one c we have an issue of having a little bit well we don't have any depth but we have a few guys that could potentially play two or three or four c so that's not our our issue we really need a one c an elite guy um and Horvat isn't that he's a really good player. So yeah, he's I am still. Uh, what's
0: that? He's more of a he's more of a two C. Right. Exactly. Right. So kind of like concrete. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm just not willing to to bet um, our future away on this because that's what it feels like. I'd rather have another one or two years, see where we actually get um, with internal development and drafting some more. Um, and then I'm fine, because there's always going to be somebody like that available. Centers are very hard to come by, don't get me wrong, but stuff happens all the time. And in two years, we know much more about our prospects, and then we can make some trades and actually deal some good stuff instead of just shooting our shot with Horvat, who's not really a need to begin with.
2: And with what we were talking about, about prospects potentially getting moved, if we're going to move a first-round prospect, the first one I see going right now would probably be Corson Kuhlman's.
0: Yeah, because he's another right-hand shot D that everybody wants, and we are actually deep at right-hand shot D.
2: Yeah.
0: And that's a good point because what I was going to say is, you know, if some trades come up and we do get involved in them, I see us trading more defensive prospects than offensive prospects because we are deep, super deep at the prospect level when it comes to D. And there are a lot of teams out there, you know, your Ottawa's and your Toronto's are begging for defensive players. So even if you don't move a prospect, a guy like a Gavrikov who apparently seems like he doesn't want to sign an extension, becomes expendable when you know you've got guys waiting in the wings. When when you drafted a Euro check and a mate check and you've got guys like Sosel and coolman's waiting in the wings. Makes it a lot easier to move that guy and get a draft pick at the trade deadline than just come to a stalemate and let him walk away. Yeah, we've yeah, taken I, three
2: I'd... defensemen in the first round in the past two years. Mm-hmm.
0: Eight. But I, I don't
1: disagree with you guys. But I mean, we're still way more deep at forward than we are at, at, at D. I mean, if you look at all those names, we have Dume, we have all the guys with the with the monsters. Um, and Del Bel Belous is a forward to Dume, of course. So I, I still feel like we're a little bit deeper at forward. So I just, I
2: my thing yeah, we're is. Just my, center. Mike, right, you can get but... deep on my D. <laughs>
1: That's fine. That's not something I haven't handled before because that's not going to be too big for me. But anyway, um, I, I, I just... Going back to all the small things. Yeah. <laughs> Story of my don't... life. Yeah, yeah. I just don't want him to do anything rash, to be honest. That's that's the whole thing. I'd rather see it play out another year or two, um, and right. then you make the moves.
0: Well, the good thing is, we do know, I mean, we've given Yarmo some shit, but he usually doesn't lose a trade. So if they do make a trade, I don't see him coming out on the wrong side of it. And I just want to mention, like, this is his last kick at the can,
1: Yarmo. right? He's been with the organization for 10 years. If this rebuild or retool doesn't work, I'm going to be the first guy calling for his name. Like, he has another couple years to make this work, and I think chances are he he might just pull it
0: off here, but after that, eh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Nine years, ten years, one playoff victory and a play-in round victory, right? And to no, get I that playoff it's... victory, he had to go all in. Yeah, this better work.
2: <laughs> Your asses is his
0: grasses and Neff's the lawnmower. <laughs> well, one other, one other note I wanted to touch on: I wanted to give our high state women's hockey team a huge shout out. They are currently ranked number one with a record of 13-1-2. They have totally taken off from where they left off last year. Looks very, very possible for a repeat in the national championship. So, have you guys followed the women's hockey at all this year or seen any of it?
1: I mean, I'm not going to lie and say yes, um, because I, I, I don't know. I just... I'm focused on, on men's hockey. I know Ohio State women's team is a lot of fun, um, but I would lie if I if I told you that I had been following them. The records, yeah, but I haven't watched the game. I probably should because they're a lot of fun. I follow yeah. them on Twitter and their their uniforms and the, the, their social media team, they do a lot of good things like with that team. They're a wagon um, and I probably should, Follow them a little bit more than just on, on social media. I actually watch some games because I do think they're going to repeat here.
0: Yeah, yeah. They're, they're looking good. I, I haven't made it to a game in person yet this year, uh, but I have watched a few. I've seen, I think I saw one on Big Ten Network, and then I've seen a couple on the computer, and they look just as good this year as they did last year, if not better. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as Neff here. I mean, I watched
2: the national championship last year at Bar with you guys, and then I caught their first game of the
0: season this year online. But other than that, I haven't seen much from them. Yeah, those Minnesota games, when they played Minnesota, I think Minnesota was ranked one and we were ranked two. Yeah, And uh, those those were probably two of the best games this year that they've played.
1: Yeah, and honestly, I I do want to and I should take more time to watch them because – they're a lot of fun, those games, and the skill level there. And, the, I mean, they're so proud. You can tell, like, they they want it, and um, I hope they're going to get the repeat here.
0: Yeah, if you ever get a chance to go to the, the ice rink and watch a game up there, definitely take advantage of it. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a real small rink. They're they're working on a bigger one for them. It's supposed to be, I think, open up next year or the year after. Um, but the ice rink, like, it holds, like, 1, 15 1,800 people. But that place gets packed. I mean, I went up there for the uh, was it the Elite Eight game last year? Like, yeah, Elite Eight, and dude, it was so. For as little as it is, and as many people as you squeeze in there, it was so loud. You're right on top of the ice. It's just, it's a lot, a lot of fun. I think, I think the games are free. Um, uh, I think I had paid like 10 bucks to go to the elite eight game. Don't, don't quote me for sure, but I'm pretty sure that the games are free to go to the women's hockey over at the ice rink. So oh, cool. I know the uh, men's are only like five bucks, but Neff, the next time you're in town, we
2: should all get together and go to a college hockey game. It's a great 100%. time. It's cheap.
1: Uh, yeah. 100% man. I'm, I'm so down. And again, those, those ladies, they absolutely deserve a, a better, bigger rink here. Uh, they're great players. And, um, Again, hopefully they're they're gonna repeat here and I'm so down if if there's a game in um, in Columbus when I'm back next and let's go.
0: You send me the dates, I'll find us one. We'll definitely go. Deal. Yeah, mandates.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but anyway, I think we've covered everything across the show flow. You guys got any final thoughts you want to share before we get out of here? We'll go with you, Zach. What do you got left? Um just Kind
2: of not looking forward to the games this week. The teams we play, it's going to be a little bit brutal. Uh, I feel you there. Coming in with the spit and chocolate guys is going to be fun. Looking forward to the podcast next week with Siriot. and uh, wondering if Kyle's ever going to make his way back.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. If if he and Warren finally make it back to Columbus or out of their hotel room, um, but hey, I'm I'm going to be the guy who says we're i'm predicting three losses so i can be actually positively surprised but that's that's really all oh, i have see, i just wish wish you guys I, fun next sunday with this spit and chiclets crew
0: yeah i feel the same way as you mike i i see three l's in our future this week and this is exactly the kind of week where we go out play with our hair on fire and end up with two wins and an overtime win or loss
2: <laughs> right
0: all right. Because we're not supposed to beat Vegas, so we probably will. We should probably battle with Winnipeg, so it's an overtime loss. And Detroit should thump us, so we'll probably beat them two to one this time. All right. See, we'll step it up against Detroit, right? We lost 6 1 last
2: time, so we're going to step it up and lose 6 2. 6 2.
1: Or 5 0. <laughs> I don't
0: know. Well, we'll see what happens, but I'm like you. I'm being a pessimist, and I would not be surprised if they just do what they're not supposed to. Well said. Yep. Well, I think we'll end it right there. On behalf of uh, Zach and Michael Neff, I'm Lil Boomer. Peace, love, and hockey.
2: Am not Kyle.